You're listening to Serious Inquiries Only. And welcome to Serious Inquiries Only. This is episode 148. I'm your host, Thomas Smith. And, well, uh, today's episode. So, last week, uh, I know that was quite a, at times, heartbreaking and compelling story and tear-jerking. And uh, sometimes people will comment and say, hey, why didn't you give me a heads up or something like that? And and I don't know. It's I, It feels weird to do that. I guess it might feel weird to not do that. But... In that spirit, I just want to say, A, that was an amazing episode. I love Callie. I hope you listened to it. If you happen to not, go back and listen to that episode because it was really great. Callie is incredible. And B, I've got another very, very compelling and at times heartbreaking uh, story for you today. Some weeks back, a listener by the name of Matthew Cravat, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which I probably am not, introduced me to someone named Zarin Feroz. Matthew had said that he heard her story and was just incredibly blown away by it uh, at uh, some sort of talk she gave. And I got some details and was also blown away by it and wanted to uh, signal boost it and get it out there because her story deals with so many things that Trump and Republicans have done uh, to harm both our country and the world. I don't want to say too much because the purpose of the interview is for her to tell her story, but her story touches on about a billion different components of why Trump's agenda, in my opinion, is so bad. So here we go. This is my interview with Zarin Feroz. Zarin, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Great. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Same here. And I, I have thanks as well to the listener who introduced us because he had heard your story uh, at a mm-hmm. talk you gave, I believe, and he he uh, relayed some of it to me, and it sounded incredibly compelling. And I would uh-huh. just uh, love to share it with my listeners as well. So, what do you think? Great. I like. I'm so. I mean, honored to be here. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. So where does it all begin for you? Well, like I'm an Bengali, I'm an atheist. Yeah. And I have said the same story, I mean, so many times, but like I have to keep sharing my story because no one is speaking about the, I mean, asylum seekers like who are, I mean, atheists. We do speak about, I mean, asylum seekers, I mean, who are from, I mean, Iraq, Syria, but we have not spoken much about, like, I mean, asylum seekers who are, I mean, atheists. So I'm new in this country and, like, I still pinch myself, like, to say that, hey, like, I'm here in the... U.S. So it's a huge thing for me because like, I, like I'm like i a small town girl, like I had no light, no 
theater or shopping mall back in my small town. So I'm like really humbled to be here, like in this country. And so like I was like always skeptical, like about faith and my high school, like it's it's supposed to be a secular school. It's supposed to be a secular, I mean, English school, Hmm. but it's anything but secular. So, and I have always loved science. I mean, even though like I, like I'm from a third world backward, I mean, country, Bangladesh. Yeah. But still, I mean, I have always loved science Can you tell me about uh, how your parents uh, raised you? Oh, yeah, sure. My mom and dad, I mean, they are fairly secular. Yeah, but my mom, she can be a bit, I mean, crazy. My mom, she used to send me for, I mean, Islamic classes, like from four to six. Mm. So, I mean, it was very backward. Like I was not, I mean, allowed to wear jeans or skirt or makeup or nail polish. So it was very backward. Yeah. So from four to six, like I used to get my, I mean, Islamic classes, like after school like and at school as well i mean we all were forced to say surah fatiha everyone hindus christians everyone was forced to say the i mean islamic prayer and then we all had to sing the national i mean anthem so my i mean imam he was very i mean strict so, like, I was around seven year old. Like, at that time, I asked my imam that everything, like, in the scripture, it sounds backward. And it's hmm. not true. He stared at me and he was horrified. He was shocked that, like, I could speak like that. So, he started hitting me oh wow with a stick and you are allowed to hit students but here like in this country you'd be jailed like i mean if you hit kids like i i was only seven year old yeah and he started hitting me a lot and he also complained to my mom yeah and my mom she started pulling my hair and she was like oh you talk too much you should not talk all that much you just need to have faith in Allah you are not supposed to ask questions so you can see that my I mean Islamic schools they are very I mean orthodox and you are not allowed to question I mean anything and you will be hit I mean, if you question anything at all. So, and I was also forced to write Kalima Shahadat. Now, what is that? Yeah, there is no God but Allah and Mm. 
Prophet Muhammad is his only messenger. Yeah, so it's La ilaha, I mean, illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah. So it was really bad. So my childhood, I mean, experience, it's really not that great. It's not that good. But my mom and dad, they were, I mean, otherwise fairly secular. My dad, he's highly, I mean, educated, but he was also, I mean, I mean, abusive. So my mom and dad, I mean, they used to fight a lot. They still do. And my dad, he always had an, I mean, issue with my, I mean, education. So he was like, oh, you have studied a lot. And like I was in high school at that time in class eight. So my dad, he has forced me, I mean, out of school. And uh, I protested a lot. So wait, why was your, why did your dad want to force you out of school at, at eighth grade? Because he was like, you won't have to study, I mean, anymore. And like, it was too, I mean, expensive to pay for high school. Oh, okay. I see. Back in my home country, I mean, you have to pay for high school. It's not free. Okay. So my dad was like, like, I'm old. I cannot pay for your schooling. You won't have to study. Okay, so in 2010, I fought with my dad to go to, I mean, coaching center. My dad, he has thrown me, I mean, I mean, across the room. And I, I mean, ended up with a bad head injury. Because of that, I still get stuck while speaking. I still struggle to speak. And it's 20, I mean, 18 now. So as a result of your father's abuse, that's what caused your speech impediment? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so, so horrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I still struggle to speak. Yeah, because of that head injury. My dad, I mean, he has, I mean, hit me because I wanted to go to school. It was because of that. Mm -hmm. And while growing up, like I was always skeptical, I mean, about faith. Like I used to think that, okay, the scripture, it's man-made, but God is true. Yeah. I mean, God, I mean, exists. And I was only seven year old at that time, like I was just a child. And then in 2013, something special happened. Like I was, I mean, out of high school, like at that time, and I was trying to study at home just to pass my high school board exam. Oh, so just to clarify, your dad, so did he not allow you to go back to high school, but you were doing some sort of home study? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Okay. Yes, homeschooling. Okay. So like at that time, like I was trying to study at home, YouTube, like it was banned in my home country. And it's not just in my home country, like in several other mm -hmm. Islamic countries 
countries. Yeah, so something special happened. What can you guess? Oh, did it become unbanned somehow? Did you find a way around it? So, like at that time, I got into Facebook and like I saw all my friends, cousins, they all like said to me that we will not use YouTube because they made fun of I mean Islam. So my friends, they all have, I mean, asked me to report the, I mean, like anti-Islam pages on Facebook. So that was shocking for me because at the time, like it was the first time I came across something that was, I mean, anti-Islam because you are always like taught to be nice, be, don't criticize anyone's faith. Yeah, because you are always taught that. Yeah, so at the time I have met with like, I mean, atheists, I mean, online. And I fought with them. I questioned them that how dare you make fun of, I mean, Islam because of, I mean, all of you, YouTube, like it's banned in my home country and I cannot study for my, I mean, exam. I can't use the, I mean, internet to study for my, I mean, SAT, I mean, exams. So, and I was thoroughly bashed by, I mean, atheists, I mean, online. Verbally, I mean, bashed by, I mean, atheists online. And they have showed me all the bad stuff, like in the scriptures. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's so cringe worthy. Wait, I'm sorry. I think I'm not following. So in 2013, are you saying you somehow got access to to YouTube atheists or... Uh, maybe I, I misunderstood. Facebook, Facebook. Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, you gained access to Facebook and that's where you saw atheist uh, groups and you were they were talking about the parts of scripture that seemed ridiculous? Yes, okay. exactly. And I spoke with like all the, I mean, atheists online and they were actually right. I went back to read the, I mean, scripture again. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's just not true. I mean, I mean, these things are just not true. And like I was also a science student. So I knew that, I mean, life has, I mean, evolved on Earth. And it's just not true. The whole, I mean, Adam and Eve story is just not true. So that has changed my life. And I have like started, I mean, speaking with, I mean, atheists online. And I told them that, hey, like I'm not allowed to, I mean, go to school. My high school friend, she was forced to drop out of high school and she was forced to get married. And you can see the whole, like, I mean, album on Facebook. So I was struggling a lot and I was this high school student and from 2014 to 2016, I have spoken, I mean, against Islam, like, and I have spoken for gay rights, basic human rights, free speech, 
back in my home country with my I mean, actual name and wow. Well, how did pictures. weren't you really afraid to do that? I mean, there's been lots of atheist bloggers who have faced uh, violence and stuff like that. I mean, how did you make that decision? And and how can you talk through? You know, were you afraid, or or what made you overcome that fear to decide to try to be outspoken and not even anonymous? Come on, like I'm not brave or special because I like I was this high school student who did not know that I would be killed just for going to school or for speaking about science, secularism, or about free speech or about basic human rights, gay rights. I mean, basic things. I did not know. I mean, back then, like, I had no clue that I could be killed by my friends, family for being an aminatist. But after some time in 2015, I understood that, okay, I could be dead because I saw that I am not the only aminatist. There are, I mean, other atheists in my country and they are being killed. At the time that caught my, I mean, attention, but it was already too late. I started speaking in 2014 and You can check my Facebook, I mean, post, my timeline, I mean, history. Like I was so naive, like I was a child, like to do that. I mean, any young high school student, they can ask like all sorts of questions. So like it was like that. And yes, the thing is my I mean education it was at stake I I'm a high school dropout and I don't want to stay in this world like if I can't study so that's why I mean I chose to be I mean outspoken that hey my mom and dad they are not I mean allowing me to study and I spoke with my I mean atheist friends online that how can you all I mean help me and my friend Sarah she has set up a GoFundMe account and back then like I had no clue what is a GoFundMe account and you can't set up a GoFundMe account from a third world country I mean like the bank has to be in the Western. Oh, I see. It has to be in the West in order for yes. GoFundMe to allow you to do it. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. So Sarah, she has set up a GoFundMe account from me. And I was supposed to go to, I mean, UK. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was my first choice, but they have said no to me. UK, I mean, embassy, they have said no to me because I lacked ties to my home country. Swedish, like, I mean, embassy, they have also said no to me. And I was fleeing for my life because my dad, he has thrown me out of the house. And I have spent days sitting and crying, like in the staircase of my, I mean, apartment. And everyone saw that and nobody came to help me. My neighbors, my security 
guard of my I mean appointment nobody came to help me and finally like I fought with my mom and dad and I came here like in this country with like with small funding and then I got several scholarship and in 2016 I came here in August and back at that time like the I mean Trump he kept on saying that ban all Muslims yeah. and I was like hello like I'm an atheist I mean let me in yeah so it was very but I mean, you got was, in here just before the shit hit the fan just before Trump was elected yeah so oh, it was wow. yes yeah what and what were you what kind of I guess visa is it I, I don't know that much about immigration but student okay visa do you think you would be able to get the same thing now or would that just be shut down by trump uh it's much more difficult now and yes and it was never i mean easy to come Mm -hmm. to the i mean u.s like it took me almost like a year two years like at least to come to the u.s yeah. yeah So it's a long, expensive process. And it's not, I mean, easy to stay here, like as an, I mean, international student, but like I am humbled to be here, like in this country. And I have tried, I mean, pork for the first time because Uh. you are not allowed to sell pork pigs back in my home country. You're not allowed to sell that. So I tried pork. How'd you like that? Is it any good? <laughs> yummy. <laughs> yummy. Yay. I wore my first short skirt after coming here. So it was great. And I traveled all by myself at night. And I have also used train for the first time, bus train. My, I mean, American friends are like, what? You have never used a train you have never used a bus and I'm like have you seen the buses in my home country I mean the public trains they are like so bad and girls are always like I mean harassed in trains buses I was wondering so were you I was was it one of those things where you have to be chaperoned or was it just a safety thing chaperone you have to have a male guardian yeah so I, I could never just go out alone so it was a huge thing for me. And I now, like I'm a sophomore student, like I'm studying and I got scholarship to study. And yeah, so I'm very happy and yeah. humbled to be here in this country. That's incredible. So you were able to, I mean, it sounds like it was a, a huge fight, but you were able to convince your parents that it that it was the right thing to do or or did you essentially run away like what's the state of of that do you do you still speak to your parents my mom and dad they knew that i'm leaving the country like i fought with my mom and dad because i have never lied to my mom and dad Mm. like i'm very straight forward because i know that like i'm not doing I mean I mean anything wrong and my mom and dad they all were like too scared 
to keep an outspoken, I mean, atheist at home. Because everyone back in my home country, they know that, that like I'm an atheist. And I had classmates who are members of the, I mean, extremist, I mean, group, Jamaat, Shebir, Ansar al-Islam, North-South students. It's a college back in my home country, North-South. So my friends are there, my cousins, they have also studied in the same college. And they are, I mean, extremists. And they all come from good families. I mean, like, I mean, they know how to speak in, I mean, English. They are from well, I mean, educated families. And they are, I mean, extremists, jihadists. So my classmates, they have also like threatened to give me a shoe. I mean, baiting, rape threats, death threats. Yeah, so I just could not stay back in my country. My parents could not keep me back in, back at home. But they now, I mean, agree. They now like, I mean, understand that I really wanted to study. But I still fear for my parents. I mean, safety. So I just cannot speak much about them. Okay. So it sounds like because of your honesty, they understood the situation and the fact that you are who you are. And it seems like they recognized possibly how dangerous it would be for you to stay. And so that's why they ultimately allowed you to go? Yes. Okay. And they have also, I mean helped me like at the end of I mean July 2016 like my dad he has changed his mind that okay just get lost I mean don't stay here yeah go get your U.S. I mean visa yeah but it was a long hard fight and now like I'm like really exhausted because it took me so long to complete my high school because of my insane I mean family life yeah and right now like I'm struggling to pay for my college and here in like it's so expensive I mean you have to pay I mean out of state fees yeah so it's like really expensive so I'm like it will never end but I really want to study. I love science and I really want to study. Is that what you're studying, science? What's your major? Nursing and political science. Oh, wow. That's an interesting combination. I know. <laughs> what? Um, wow. I mean, there's, there's so much to talk about. Um, I'm really glad you're here uh-huh. and out of an ability clearly not only not only a dangerous country but an abusive household um yes. it's just it's just horrifying to even imagine yeah and now like i do have a speech i mean therapist and i'm trying to i mean improve my speech and to forget all the trauma that i ha- that i had to suffer i still get hurt i mean if i have to brush my hair. I mean, a dent is there behind my head. Yeah. So, but like, I'm still trying to, I mean, improve myself. I try to stay calm. I try to say my story very calmly without crying or without 
being too excited. Yeah. 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 Did did you get adequate medical treatment back when this injury happened? I mean, are, are you have you seen doctors here, specialists here? How, how is it that you still can't brush your hair? That sounds really bad. Yeah, I know that. But hair is the thing that uh, healthcare like it's like really expensive. Even yeah. here in the U.S. So no, especially here in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, and my health insurance it won't cover my speech therapist. So it's tough. It's not, I mean, easy. But back in my home country, the hospital, it was like awful. It was shitty. And uh, my parents, they just lied to the doctor how I got hurt because they did not want a police case of, I mean, abuse. Yeah, I I don't even know what to say. That's, That's horrible. But yeah, so I had to go through a lot. Yeah, yeah. How is your status now? Are you, I mean, is your student visa safe? Are you in any danger of not being able to finish school here? And and then what's your plan if you get that far? Are you going to try to stay here or what, what will you do? I'm very skeptical now because I don't think I can pay for my school. I mean, I can keep paying for my school because it's just so expensive and I have to pay like thousands of dollars to get my I mean like H1B I mean visa and there is no pathway I mean to be a U.S. citizen yeah so I like I'm like really skeptical and I don't think that I can complete my my schooling and I'm like I don't know what will I mean happen and here is the thing I mean even if I become a U.S. citizen like after several years what is the point because I cannot have I mean access to healthcare, and the schooling is like so expensive what is the point what is the I mean what will I do with my green card so like I'm thinking I mean if my asylum case is not, I mean, accepted. So, yeah, we didn't actually talk about that. So you you tried to, to make a case for asylum. When did you... Yeah. So can you talk about that? When did you do that? Okay, yes. And I have filed for my, I mean, asylum in 2017 because you have to file for, I mean, asylum in one year. Within one year, like as soon as you come in this country. So it was a very painful process because I had to pay like hundreds of dollars, I mean, to go to the, I mean, like asylum center. And they are, I mean, extremely like rude. And my lawyers here, they don't actually, I mean, understand who are, I mean, atheists. So they don't, I mean, understand that why, I mean, atheists are persecuted because they like I mean expect that I mean asylum seekers are only I mean from Syria or from I mean Mm. like I mean I mean Iraq yeah but like I mean atheists we are the the most I mean persecuted minority like in the whole planet people just don't I mean understand that so it was so So it costs money to even just go into the or to apply for asylum and then you're saying that the people there just did they don't understand your case no 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 it was for the 
taxi cab. Like I had oh. to pay hundreds of dollars. Oh, to just to get there. Yeah, to oh, okay. go. To, yeah, to go to the I mean asylum centers hundred times, thousand times. Like I have been there thousand times. Yeah, oh, so I see. it so was just back and forth. And you don't have an income really, or are you, are you? Is it? Are you just a student? Are you able to work? Well, like I have filed for I mean asylum in twenty seventeen, and after six months, you get the permit like to work to find a job but here is the thing they only hand you a card i mean asylum seekers refugees they only get a card yeah but you are like still undocumented i mean you can't show that card to the i mean airport but fortunately i have followed like all the law and i came legally in this country so i do have my student status and a passport is there yeah so i use that i mean to travel but here is the thing i mean i just cannot keep my keep up with my i mean expensive i mean student status because by law i have to be a full time student yeah, in order to, to stay my, in the country? No, to keep the student status, to keep my right. to keep my student status. Mm -hmm. But I mean I can stay in this country like as long as my asylum case is pending. And it takes like three years to get your first I mean interview. That's like crazy. That's just like insane. Because people like me, we are fearing and fleeing persecution. Yeah. yeah, and you cannot keep us hanging for three, four years. It's just like insane to get our first, I mean, interview. Okay, but you're allowed to stay because you've applied for asylum. You're allowed to stay for three years, even if your student visa runs out or something like that? Yes, I so, mean, I can okay. stay here, but yeah, but it's not- but a you only have like two more years, right? My lawyer, she has said that, like, it takes three years to hear back. I mean, to get your first, I mean, interview date for your, I mean, asylum case. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, like, insane. I cannot wait for three years to uh, hear my first, I mean, I mean, interview, and then they will take several more years to understand my case, to decide on my case so what the hell will i do for all this years because it like it's so expensive to stay here without being a u.s citizen because i have to pay out of state fees and i and i have paid my taxes and i have followed the law and i came legally in this country like as a student and then i have filed for i mean asylum so i have followed the law and they should not take so long just to give me like an i mean interview that's just crazy yeah. just hire more people to take i mean interviews yeah i i guess i was looking at it the other way because under Trump, I don't know what the chances of getting asylum are. So I was almost looking at it as a, a positive that at least it buys you some time uh, before you will be forced back. 
but maybe that's the wrong way of looking at it. I, I mean, obviously I wish it, but if I had my way, of course I would wish they would just grant you asylum very quickly, but under Trump, I, I don't know what the best outcome is. Yeah. I mean, for, I mean, like, I mean, attorneys, they have seen my case. They have seen my, I mean, my, I mean, injuries, they have seen how much mm. weight I have lost. And, uh, and they have also seen the death threats, the rape threats I got from my classmates, my neighbors, and from the, I mean, extremist groups like, I mean, Jamaat Shibir from, I mean, like, I mean, Ansar al-Islam. And they have also killed, I mean, other, I mean, atheists back in my home country. And here is the thing. You don't have to be a blogger to get killed. I mean, you can die or be in jail just for saying something on your Facebook page, just for a Facebook status or for liking the wrong page or, or a blasphemous page. And there are several I mean, incidents where people got lynched, where people got killed for false cases of blasphemy. Yeah, or just for questioning, I mean, Islam or for saying that we are a secular country. Yes, Bangladesh, it is a secular country. I mean, it started as a secular country, but now it's anything but secular. So what would you want people listening in this country to learn from your story? And what would you want people to maybe do or to think about? I mean, asylum seekers, they are not, I mean, aliens. We are just normal people like you all. Yeah. And we deserve to live a good life. And especially people like me who came legally in this country, who have followed the law, who pays taxes. Yeah. Or who are secular, who are liberal. And I'm on the far left. So America, you need to be more, I mean, open-minded and it scares me it shocks me when i see i mean americans that they are so scared to talk about faith politics i mean you're just not allowed to. even in u.s schools like i do have white classmates who are things that the earth the earth is only few thousand year old. So I'm like, really, you're born and raised in this country in the US and you think like this, you think the earth is only few thousand years old. Nohar, our story, it's true. So I had crazy classmates who are very fundamentalist. Yeah. And I'm I remember I just had seen this chart and I just pulled it up again uh, of how many uh, refugees, how many people would grant asylum to. And uh -huh. under Obama, in the Obama years, it was something like 75,000 a year, maybe a little less uh, on average. And then mm -hmm. in 2016, it was a little higher. I don't know if maybe they tried to get people in last minute. And then 2017, it went down to 50,000. And this 2018, we're on pace for only 21,000. So they really are trying to cut down on that because Trump is awful and the anti-immigrant sentiment is horrible. And it's just so, it's so sad to hear in your voice and in your story, you mm -hmm. know, the people it actually is affecting when we don't, 
when when we don't let people who like you said and like you you are uh people who are in danger people who want mm-hmm. to come learn want to come get a job pay taxes get healthcare mm-hmm. want to come just be a part of a society of this society we we uh-huh. won't let them and it's just really depressing and sad and i i it's another reason why in, in my in my view democrats need to take back control and need and need this is one of the million reasons of of real lives that are affected when we let these people on the right control things it's it's horrifying yes and it's a very bad time to be here like as an asylum seeker it's not a great time yeah let's see it's summertime now are you enrolled for another school year next year or what what's what's in your immediate future yes i am going to school for the fall semester are you what's after that i mean is your scholarship going to run out or something or is it just not i have to i mean apply for more scholarships and i'm graduating like in this fall so it's good for me you're already graduating i thought you said you were a sophomore is it a short program oh it's a two-year college oh shoot okay my i mean I mean, associate degree, I'll get that. But here is the thing, like I'm scared to go in a four-year college because I'm not a U.S. citizen and I cannot keep my student status because it's very expensive to keep your, I mean, international student status. And I have to pay like 30000 40000 or even 50000 per year to go in a four-year college. So I don't know what will happen. And I'm trying to start my own YouTube channel, blog, and a website. So, and I'm trying to, I mean, improve my, I mean, accent and my speech. I'm hoping to be an excellent speaker, a smooth, confident speaker. Yeah, so let's see. Yeah, I, I guess in the back of my mind, I I've had just assumed it was a four-year program, but it's a two-year program that's running out. And then, so there's no option to find like a more inexpensive school or something that will oh. just allow you to stay and kind of figure things out for another few years? Uh, no, sadly, no. I just have to wait as a pending, I mean, asylum seekers. And I don't think, I mean, I can go to the, I mean, airport. TSA, I mean, I, I mean, I can no longer fly from state to state once my... Oh, once it runs out, you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. Visa, I mean, expires. At that time, I can no longer travel from state to state. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Hmm. So what can, what can anyone do to help you? What, what can listeners maybe do? Uh, follow me on Facebook and my... Patreon, I mean, account is there. It's my name, Z-E-R-I-N, Zerin, Feroz. And I mean, F-I-R-O-Z-E, Feroz. That's how, even if it's like $1, it would mean a lot to me. $1, it's like 90 or I mean, 80 takas back home. It's a lot. One dollar, it's a lot back in my home country. Yeah, it's yeah. 80 takas. So is there anything you're doing in terms of asylum? Are you just stuck? I, I mean, I did some searching and it, it's I, I don't understand because it says that the interview is supposed to take place within 45 days. I don't understand why it would be years, but I, if, I don't. Maybe that's a recent Trump development. 
Yes, in January, Trump has switched the, I mean, entire thing. Now, people who has filed for, I mean, an asylum before me, they can go ahead and take the, I mean, interview. That's like insane. That's like unfair because I have filed for asylum before you. So I should go first. Right. But Trump has switched the, I mean, entire thing. I mean, the whole system is like screwed up. And no, you have to, I mean, all you can do is file for your, I mean, asylum and just wait. You you have to wait for several years. And if you don't get a call for, I mean, I mean, interview by 45 days since you have filed for your, I mean, asylum, then you are, I mean, allowed to work. I mean, after 150 days, you are allowed to work. It's not 45 days, I'm sorry. It's 150 days. You have to wait for 150 days. And if no interview is there or no decision has been made on your case, then just wait. You just have to wait. You really cannot speed up the process oh i see what you're saying so there's i just saw it now in in online here so if it goes for more than 150 days you're eligible to apply for employment authorization is that what you're talking about yes did you already get to that point has it been that many days or yes i just got my card and social security in march 2018 march so i guess yeah yeah, but but like I don't have a skill and it's very hard to uh, find a job mm. by show, by showing that you are an asylum seeker, by yeah, showing that card, yeah. by showing the card of an asylum seeker, because people are scared yeah. to hear that, oh, you are an asylum seeker in this country. You are a refugee in this country. Oh, my God, because I had very ridiculous, I mean, stories to share and job interviews. Oh, so it's ridiculous. Really? Yeah, because they just don't want to hire people who are not U.S. citizens. And most jobs, they require you to be a U.S. citizen. Yeah. Or you might have to have some certification or some kind of well, skill. Or, or a business doesn't want to hire somebody if, you know, if tomorrow... You could be kicked mm-hmm. out of the country, I guess. Yeah, and right now, like, I don't have a job I right see. now. I yeah. have been trying to find a job, but I just don't have a job right now. Well, let's direct people towards your Patreon. So they just search for Zarin on, on Patreon? Zarin Feroz. Okay. Z-E-R-I-N. F-I-R-O-Z-E, Zarin Feroz. Well, I encourage everybody to do that. And uh, Zarin, let's let's talk offline. Maybe maybe we can maybe I can help you a little more. We'll we'll see how it goes. But uh thank you so much for coming on. Yes. And sharing your story. Is there anything else you want to make sure to say? Thank you so much for I mean having me. And I mean honor and I do think like you. You're yeah, you're far lefty like me. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, we both are far lefty, yes. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So it's an honor and thank you so much. Thank you. For having me. Yes. And I, I really wish you the best and I hope that we can I you know, I hope you can figure something out. And uh, let's like I said, let's keep in touch. Let's let's see if there's anything me or, or, yes. or my audience can Definitely. do to help you. Okay, yep. Zarin, thank you so much. Uh, really, uh, thank you for sharing. 
And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll be in touch. Yes. Bye. Take care. Okay, well, what to say? Um, first, I just again after going back and editing and listening again, I I just I sometimes I'm so stunned by something I don't even know how to react. And hearing that uh, Zarin's condition and head injury is a result of her father's abuse because she wanted to attend school and or and or maybe she was rejecting Islam. That is about as depressing as it gets, uh, especially. You know, with as someone with with a daughter right now, I just I can't imagine the level of indoctrination it would take for me to do anything like that to her. It's just not even in the realm of possibility. It's disgusting and horrible, and uh, makes me really upset. But I guess that's what the influence of religion can can do. I I don't know what else to how else to account for it. I mean, mixed in, of course, with good old fashioned patriarchy and stuff like that. Um, and it's kind of a chicken and egg scenario there. But after hearing Zarin's story, I just feel so compelled to try to help. And without going into our personal conversation that we've had too much, uh, she's hesitant for any sort of charity, fundraising kind of thing uh, for for good reason. I can I can understand she you know she doesn't she doesn't want handouts that kind of thing. But there was something that I thought of that I could do that I'm very happy about. Which is that uh, listeners, longtime listeners might remember, um, I've had uh, assistance of uh, dif- different kinds. And eventually I just started doing all of it myself again um, for various reasons. Part of it was the cutback. You know, I cut back to fewer shows. So, you know, revenue is lower, of course. Uh, and also I just was managing it myself. But you know what? I uh, could always uh, still probably use help in booking guests. And I offered Zarin that job on a trial basis. I mean, it's not a whole lot. Uh, it's very part-time work. But I just want to announce that uh, I'm hiring Zarin to do some guest outreach. She has actually a ton of connections, probably more than I do, uh, because of what happened when she entered the country and when she got involved in different groups. And she's done more speaking than I've done. Uh, so she's got the resources. She's got the uh, the qualifications. And I can understand how it would be really hard for someone in her position in this country to find any sort of work. And I feel like I'm in a good position as an, as an employer and what little I can do to help her out with that. I could use her and I think she will be great and I'm going to give it a try. So I'm very excited and pleased to announce that uh, Zarin's going to be helping me out, going to be doing some guest outreach and we'll see how it goes. I know she's also working on her own projects and I encourage you to check that link for her uh, Patreon. I'll put the Patreon link for her because I really just think she could use all the support that we could give her. So that's what I'm doing. I'm really excited about it. I think Zarin's a really cool person, and I think she's a great, perfect fit for this position. I wish it were more. You know, I wish I could give someone some some real full-time work. I definitely can't. You know, it's not that kind of budget. But it's it's something, and it's flexible, and it's part-time, and it's compatible with a student kind of lifestyle anyway. So I think it'll be great. Uh, we're going to try it out. I'm really excited. And that's what I wanted to to announce. Uh, we've been talking back and forth since this recording 
uh, and uh, we, we've agreed on that. But I mean, how many different ways did Zarin's story intersect with Trump's and Republicans' bullshit agenda? I mean, it's just so many different ways. Healthcare, immigration, uh, college, being from a Muslim country, that kind of thing. Wanting to stop Muslims from entering the U.S. when, in fact, Zarin is an atheist uh, and is somebody who wants what I would say any American wants. Even a conservative American would probably recognize that someone like Zarin who wants to get an education and pay taxes and even conservatives would recognize that as a good thing. But this clumsy, disturbing, isolationist, nativist policy regarding immigration that Trump and the Republicans have have brought upon us is disturbing. And also, I want to emphasize how much that it's my belief that we should let far more people in on asylum basis. It's just really sad how few refugees we let in this country. But that's a topic for another time. Thanks again to Zarin. That was uh, really moving. And uh, again, I'm, I'm so glad to announce that she's going to be coming on board the Serious Pod team that was previously just me. Uh, <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, hopefully that'll be a bit of positivity uh, for her. But I, I who knows with her uh, immigration status, uh, how long that positivity will last. Uh, I guess we'll have to see where it goes from here. But at any rate, thank you as always for listening. And as always, if you'd like to support the show, uh, go to patreon.com slash seriespod or seriespod.com slash support. My website doesn't have a middleman. Patreon does, but that's uh, the choice. Either one is the same for supporting the show and you guys are so valuable and the reason the show happens. So thank you so much and I'll see you very soon. (laughs) 